The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local Extension office. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. My name is Kylie Miller and I have Mr. R.L. with me here today and Dr. Tristan Watson. Dr. Watson, so let's get into it. Um, you're our new nematologist. You've taken the place of uh, Dr. Charlie, so welcome. And we've uh, we've actually had the chance to work with each other this summer. And um, I guess let's get into it. What are nematodes? Yeah, no, great question. Uh, so nematodes are semi-microscopic roundworms. Uh, they live. Most of them live down in the soil environment. Uh, there are some nematodes that are foliar, but really not too big of an issue for, for the crops that are grown out here. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're often overlooked, uh, and I think that's largely because we don't see uh, you know, obvious above-ground symptoms for nematodes. A lot of times it, it just simply looks like nutrient deficiencies, so uh, a lot of times they go undiagnosed. Other part of that is that most of them are, are parasitizing the roots. So if you're not going to be going up and pulling your root systems mm-hmm. and checking them for galling, such as we see with root knot nematode, you may not know that you have uh, nematode issues in your field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's because uh, the spot we have on our farm, we 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 sent samples, we did everything. You know, we had to check off all the other boxes before the last thing we got to, and that was nematodes. So. Yeah, it's amazing how many times that happens. We go and look at a field cotton field and you kind of try to come up with different things you know what's causing this one spot you know that's weak mm-hmm. uh, you go through all the nutrition the soil fertility and then as a last thought <laughs> what about nematodes yeah. <laughs> and then find out you know you read up with I used to pick it or I started picking at Dr. Charlie right as he was re- retiring we kind of went through the phase with nematodes and seemed like they were well, let's be honest, we had gotten out of cotton, corn, and soybeans, and we didn't see them. They kind of went into the background, and over time, we'd reduced them. And it seemed like, and I was always picked at Charlie about this, that when he announced his retirement, we began to see the nematodes coming back. So I always told him he, he, had, them, he had them at bay as long as he was working, and as soon as they heard he was retiring, they... they they come back alive, so you've got a challenge ahead of you. I was going to say, we've got some work to do. <laughs> I know they're here. Yeah, I know they're here. Well, let's talk about the symptomology. You touched on that. What what does that look like? Yeah, so it, it will depend on the uh, nematode. Okay. Uh, so root knot nematode, that's one that's uh, fairly prevalent. Uh, we're starting to see a bit of a, a decline in the populations, and it seems like they're getting more displaced, and we're seeing more reniform nematode. But with the root knot nematode, as the name would suggest, it creates these uh, knots in the root system. We, we usually call them galls or galling on the root system. Um, so if you were to pull up a plant that's heavily infested, you'll see these obvious symptoms. Above ground, it'll just be a weak plant, stunted plant, unless you have a very severe infestation, then you might see uh, you know, death of, of the actual plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, reniform nematode, which is very, very prevalent in the state, uh, the, the symptoms aren't quite as obvious. Uh, if you're to pull up a root system, you probably won't see any symptoms. Uh, there, there is no galling that we see with, with root knot nematode. If you look really, really closely, maybe you could see some, some sand granules kind of sticking to the roots. What that is, is, is sand sticking to egg masses from the oh, reniform okay. nematode. But fairly hard to diagnose. Uh, above ground symptoms with reniform nematode, it, it's much the same as root knot, and, and that's the general theme with nematodes, just general stunting, 
uh, leaf chlorosis, basically symptoms reminiscent of nutrient deficiencies. Right, yeah. And, and that's largely what's occurring. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, feeding on the root system, the roots just simply can't access the, the, new, the soil nutrients and, and water as well. Yeah. Well, what if, what if you think you suspect you have um, nematodes? Where, can you take samples and send them to you? Is that how that works? Yes, and, and that's something I really want to emphasize. Uh, so I'm the director of the Nematode Advisory Service at uh, LSU AIG Center. So we have this diagnostic service that's available to the entire state. And this is exactly how you're going to diagnose your, uh, your nematode issues. Okay. Uh, so soil sampling. You know, every single year, take a look at how your nematode populations are looking mm-hmm. and whether we need to or you need to move into management yeah. uh, practices. Do you, would you like people to send some roots in with their soil sample? Does that make it easier for you or harder? <laughs> uh, you know, that, it, it's beneficial. Uh, we're, we're working on a survey right now trying to uh, identify this invasive nematode called guava root, not oh, nematode. Wow. Okay, so, yeah, yeah if, if you were to pull up a plant and see some galling on there, it would be fantastic if that could be included in the samples because mm-hmm. we can just expedite uh, extracting the females out of these roots and, yeah, and doing so some molecular assays. Go ahead, Mr. Ron. I see you waving your hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did I understand you right? And, and the guava is new to me, okay? Yeah. You said if we found knots on the roots, could that possibly be guava? Do they make the root, the gall, like the, or did I misunderstand you? No, that's a great question. And yeah, uh, so pretty much all the root knot nematodes will cause some sort of galling. And, uh, and, and that's the same with guava root knot nematode or southern root knot nematode. Okay, gotcha. And, uh, and so a bit of background information, the, uh, we started a survey in 2019 and we've been doing it for three years trying to find guava root nut nematode uh, out in Louisiana fields because it was recently intercepted on sweet potatoes that, w- that were being imported into the state. So we were concerned that maybe it's already established. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been doing survey work and uh, we actually haven't found the guava root nut nematode in any fields thus far. But it's one of these ones we are you know, keeping a close eye out and, and that's why I would highly suggest uh, if you are going to sample your field, submit some roots, and, and we can take a look for that as well. Okay. All right. That, well, was, that was new to me. Okay. All right. So we've got our samples in. We have we have nematodes. I know we've um, done some research this um, this summer about options for growing um, soybeans, but let's talk about some of that research you've done this summer and, and what our options are if we have nematodes. Yeah, so for, for soybean, a lot of the research that we've been doing this last year uh, has been on host resistance, mm-hmm. trying to identify soybean varieties that we can suggest uh, for our growers to grow in infested fields. And uh, so, so part of it's been trying to evaluate uh, southern root knot nematode host resistance. You know, this is a nematode that we have fairly widespread throughout the state. And there are a fair number of varieties of soybean that have reported resistance uh, to this pest. Uh, but, but we've also seen some reports where a grower's planted a resistant soybean variety and they're still getting severe galling. So that, that, that was, uh, you know, raised a question, what, what's going on here? So we, we decided to evaluate 10 different uh, root nut nematode populations, just collected all throughout the state, and uh, screened them on 10 different root nut nematode uh, resistant soybean varieties. And it's been some interesting results. Uh, no root knot nematode resistant variety was able to protect us against all the different populations. So it, for us, this is a suggestion that we, we might have some resistance breaking populations that are around in the state. And this might be why we're seeing galling on these resistant varieties. Uh, so, so that was on the root knot, nem- uh, root knot nematode. Uh, we've also been screening soybean varieties for resistance to the reniform nematode, major pest here. 
Um, we didn't find any that were resistant per se, but we have found some that seem to support lower numbers of, uh, of reniform nematode. And at this point, we're, we're just going to be harvesting today and, and taking a look at the yield response uh, as well. Yeah. Well, we were we were really excited with what we found in our plot. And, um, I mean, hopefully we can apply some of that. Um, I, I know that location is probably going to most likely be corn next year, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you about, you know, what variety or options we've got um, when it comes to planting that. But, um, and, it, and, of course, if anybody needs that data, Reach out, reach out to me or Mr. Ariel or Dennis or any of us. We can get that in your hands because I thought that was um, pretty incredible what we found. Go ahead, Mr. Ariel. Oh, just another question. Mm -hmm. uh, what can we plant in a rotation to help reduce? So you're talking about non-host? Yeah, yeah non-host because see, I know when we all started planting corn, it seemed like they went down, but didn't I hear somewhere that corn can serve as a host? Mm -hmm. Just doesn't show maybe the effects as drastically maybe as soybeans and cotton? Well, it, it will depend on which nematode. Uh, so for southern rootnut nematode, that's Meloidogyne incognita, scientific name, uh, corn is a host. Uh, so with a corn, it's what we call tolerant usually. You know, it'll grow just fine. You'll get a good yield, but it will support reproduction of the southern root knot nematode on the roots. Uh, so in a long-term management strategy, that, that's not ideal. Yet next year, you're going to have to deal with your southern root knot nematode again. And if you're switching to soybean, well, then you really need to deal with it. Now with the reniform nematode, um, I wouldn't say it's a non-host corn, but it, it's a very poor host. So... If you have reniform nematode issues in your field, corn actually can be a, a good rotation to go to to help uh, reduce the populations. Okay. What about wheat or cover crops during the winter? Yeah, that, that's been some work that we've been uh, actively doing down in Baton Rouge, um, more on cotton in this case. But um, yeah, we, we've been screening different uh, winter cover crops for their host status to, to the various nematodes. Let's make a sheet here. Um, what we found is that uh, winter ryegrass is actually really our best bet for nematode management, but there can be some other issues. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So, so, there are some other issues, and that's something I really want to emphasize. Yeah, we can find a good cover crop to control your nematodes, but there's going to be other issues with them. I mean, maybe disease, pressure, or the cover crop becoming a weed itself. Um, winter wheat has been another one that, uh, you know, we haven't seen much uh, reniform nematode reproduction on it, but it can support a little bit of the root knot nematode reproduction, so that, that's an issue. We've screened hairy vetch, Austrian winter pea, and crimson clover, and, uh, you know, for root knot nematode, they're all hosts, so they're not going to help us out in, in, in that situation. Okay. Well, when you said ryegrass, I ducked because I wanted... <laughs> the trouble we have with the you know the Italian ryegrass here, and I don't know about the old traditional oh, Gulf ryegrass and stuff that they use for grazing purposes. How hard is it to kill? But everybody associates ryegrass with the Italian ryegrass. It's we're fighting constantly. So yeah, I ducked. I didn't want to get shot when I heard the word ryegrass come out. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're definitely not recommending that one. Uh, just I think you would be very disappointed in us if we did that. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, but I just thought that was kind of, you know, maybe one of our best non-host is one of our weeds that we don't want to even uh, think about putting 
you know, are increasing. So yeah, that's great. So that's it. Yeah, we're not going to find a management approach uh, through there. But I guess that that's another part of your question. Uh, suppressing weeds that is very important, particularly between the growing seasons. Uh, a lot of these weeds are hosts to root knot nematode or you know, perhaps even reniform nematode, and they can act as this green bridge between the growing seasons. So your nematode will hide out on the weed and then jump over to your crop next spring when you plant. So okay. we, we do need to control the weeds. It's just how Daniel are we going to do Daniel will it? approve of that message. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you hear us, Daniel. We're trying to help you out. <laughs> and we're referring to Dr. Daniel Stevens, yeah. our weed specialist. We've had him on the program many a time. So. Yeah. Um, but what about peanuts? Are they a host? Because I know that you know popularity of that is kind of... Yeah, uh, you know, that's one that I haven't uh, looked too far into. There, there is the peanut root knot nematode. Uh, I have not found that here in Louisiana, but uh, it, it could be a problem. It's one of those ones we'll, we'll keep an eye out for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully that's a crop in select areas that could be on the rise. We've been doing real well with it in the two parishes I worked the last two years, three years, which is our third year doing really well they were they're really pleased with what they're getting their yields and so hopefully it will continue to to move uh and again my understanding always has been that nematodes love sandy the sandier the soil the better and so do peanuts (laughs) (laughs) and you've nailed it uh root knot nematode loves those sandy uh, spots in your field so those are the spots you want to keep an eye on right good all right. Well, um, that's all the questions I have. Unless you, have I got one else. more. Oh, well, look, go ahead. I got one more. <laughs> Get it in. Where's the satsumers? I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. We, we've established the, uh, the, the the citrus grove this year, so give me two or three years, and uh, we'll be back with satsumas. All right. You're uh, gonna have to explain to the listeners what okay. that means. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to explain. Dr. Charlie Overstreet, our nematologist from my entire career of thirty something years with the Extension Service. And Charlie was a, I don't know what, horticul- uh, great horticulturalist in that, you know, respect of, he, he had a lot of Satsuma trees, and he freely gave them away. We always picked at him and told him that's how he paid us for doing whatever he wanted us to do for his projects in the field, but it was just Charlie had them, and he loved to grow them, and he loved to give them away, and you could always bet Charlie drove up He'd have you a plastic, uh, uh, a you know, grocery store bag full of satsumers or two, and they were very good, Charlie. If you're listening, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's just kind of a little inside joke. I was picking at Tristan, but we went on the air about that. So, again, glad to have you with us. Look forward to working with you. First time I've had a chance to meet you, but that's just life. <laughs> <laughs> it's been busy summer. Yeah, it's been busy and crazy. Well, um, guys listening, um, if or ladies, I guess I shouldn't say that. Um, if you need any information on uh, getting in touch with Tristan, reach out to us. Um, we also have a lot of the um, data that he, that he has been working on this summer, and we can get that in your hands. Just shoot us an email or call us, and we'll get that to you. And uh, we appreciate you being on with us today, and uh, you're welcome anytime, and whatever you need next summer or into the next few years just reach out we'll be happy to work with you and we're glad to have you yeah thanks for the invitation thank you thank you welcome to the louisiana delta crop podcast covering agriculture and all things related in east carroll madison tinsall concordia and catahoula parishes